0: Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Eram. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Rise in Love podcast. I am very excited for you to listen to this episode. It's a really good one. This is an interview that I did with the fabulous Kelsey Aida. Kelsey is just so great. She's so smart. She's such a wealth of information when it comes to manifestation and mindset and manifesting love and all the things that I like talking about. And I have wanted to have her on the podcast for so long. So I'm really excited that we finally got around to it. She has her own podcast as well. It's called High Vibe in it. I will be sure to link it in the show notes, but I was actually a guest on her podcast. I mean, two years ago at this point, she co-hosts that show, which is so good. If you're into manifestation, you will love it. She co-hosts that with Lindsay Robinson. So Lindsay Robinson is a hypnotherapist, and she's actually already been on Eyes in Love. So I'll make sure that both High Vibe in it, especially my episode, as well as Lindsay's episodes are linked in your show notes. But Kelsey is just so great, and I really, really loved connecting with her, and I loved everything that she shared. So I'm excited for you to get to listen to this. And she introduces herself, but I'll go ahead and give her official bio and also how you can connect with her because I know that you're going to love her and you're going to want to after this episode. Kelsey Aida is a next generation thought leader who has taught thousands of people how to own their power and win at life through her inspirational blog, online courses, one on one coaching, and international retreats. She's also the author of Hashtag ActuallyIcan, The Art of Affirming Yourself to Greatness, Affirmations to Happiness, and co host of the popular personal development podcast, High Vibe In It. You can visit Kelsey Aida. And Kelsey is spelled K-E-L-S-E-Y. Aida is spelled A-I-D as in dog, A.com. So you can find High Vibe in it. You can visit KelseyAida.com to learn how to manifest the life of your dreams. If you are interested in following her on Instagram, anywhere else on social, she's at Kelsey Aida, and you can learn more about her and how to work with her through her website. So I know you're going to love the episode. I hope you enjoy Please, as you're listening, be sure to take a screenshot of yourself listening and post it into your stories over on Instagram. Tag me at Crystal Iram and tag Kelsey at Kelsey Aida, um, and we'll both be sure to reshare. It's such a great way to get the word out about the podcast because it's a great episode. I'm sure so many people would benefit from listening. So thanks for tuning in without further ado. Kelsey, hello. I am so excited to be chatting with you today.
1: Yes, me too. Thanks for having me on. I know we had so much fun chatting on my podcast, High in It, so I'm happy to be on yours so we can co-create some more magic today. I know. This
0: is going to be super fun. You know that was like two years ago.
1: That's crazy. We just had like our 100th episode, but I guess that Amazing. would be about two years since we do one a
0: week, right? Yeah. That's nuts. That's so cool. So... Tell my audience a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yes. Hello, Crystal's audience. My name is Kelsey Aida, and I usually just call myself an inspirational blogger, author, coach, and really I help people to manifest their genuine desires and love themselves through the process. So that's kind of my specialties these days. And I work with clients one-on-one, I host retreats, I have online courses, I write books obviously, and I just am really passionate about teaching people how they can make their life more enjoyable, more easy, more fun, incorporate lots of healing, and like get lasting long-term sustainable results. Mm. I'm a big transformation addict.
0: Mm-mm-mm. So good. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about how you became interested in manifestation.
1: Yeah, so it was on the like, I had this like major glow up after a three long period of depression. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And in that healing journey, in that process to becoming like a new version of myself, like a reborn version of myself, that's when I became really intrigued with the law of attraction and manifestation. And of course, it's a very sexy and appealing thought to think that you can just think your way to whatever you want, right? When you first <laughs> learn about law of attraction, you're like, this is the best thing ever. You mean I can just focus on what I wanted? It'll happen, right? At your most like basic understanding, you're like, that's what it is. <laughs> this is what I've been missing. So then I became like really obsessed with it and pretty good at it. But you know, like, I think a part of me always wanted to like help people manifest. So In my own journey, there was a lot of troubleshooting that happened, which has taught me a lot of what doesn't work and what does work. So I can help other people with their stuck points and blockages. And I just really value efficiency and enjoyment. And I think manifesting and living your life with more intention and becoming energetically aligned with what you want is a more efficient and easy way to live your best life and get there more quickly and have more time to enjoy and, you know, erase the
0: unnecessary struggle. Mm, so good. So that's really interesting that you became interested in manifesting while you, or, you know, following or as you were coming out of a period of depression. I don't know about depression, but I think a lot of people become interested when they're going through something. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of the women in my world, it's like a breakup, right? Where they're like, I'm ready to do something different. I'm wondering... What were you, in, like, at that time, what were you interested in manifesting first? Like, what was on your mind? Mm,
1: I don't know if it was anything specific, uh, like, outside of, like, just feeling better and living my life with more intention in general. But I've always really been focused on financial achievements in the energy realm And also like I'm a hopeless romantic. So that's definitely something that I've manifested several relationships for better or worse. Some on purpose, (laughs) some not. But, you know, I I believe that I'm with my soulmate now and everything's really great. So we can talk about that
0: if you want to. But yeah, totally. I do want to talk about that. So, well, first of all, because you said the word soulmate. And I've seen you speak about soulmates and twin flames And that's actually not something I ever cover. So I would love Uh if you would describe the distinction that you would make between a soulmate versus a twin flame.
1: Okay, so I feel like this is just labels for the sake of labeling. And these are like my definitions. So don't quote me on this, but you can quote me as me on this, if that makes sense. So (laughs) my definition of a soulmate is someone who maybe is like in your same soul, like kind of has like a similar essence to you, or maybe like a similar flavor. And you guys have like an agreement possibly before coming into this life that you will positively impact each other or be together in some capacity. And this doesn't have to be someone who is a romantic partner. Like your soulmate could be a sibling or a pet or a parent or a friend, you know, and same with twin flames. It doesn't always have to be romantic, but to me, the soulmate dynamic is what people are really after when they say they want to manifest the one. Soulmates feel like home. Mm. When you're with a soulmate or around a soulmate, it feels like an exhale. Um, mm. Usually, it's it's more like soft and it's like, I don't know, it's all these different words at once. But it feels really nice. Mm, it feels like that. your yeah. most favorite Food And you can eat it like it's very sustainable. You can eat it every day for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the contrast, Mm -hmm. my definition of a twin flame would be that person who's meant to rock your world and Really expedite your soul growth in a fast way that is not gentle and it is not easy and it's very uh, abrasive. (laughs) So, a twin flame dynamic in a relationship like a romantic partnership would be like that runner chaser energy, that on and off energy. We're super passionate about everything. We make, we have crazy chemistry, we make crazy love, and then we're also hitting each other the next day. Like, it's the polar contrast of like the best of the best and the worst of the worst. It's not sustainable. It's very exhausting. It's usually like plays itself out in like toxic patterns a lot. But the point I believe of the twin flame dynamic is to teach you radical self-love. So like for me, when I was with my twin, it was like the universe asking me, can you love the most horrible qualities about this person because they're actually a reflection of you? Like they're your twin. Mm -hmm. So they're like your biggest mirror ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like a challenge of unconditional love. It doesn't mean unconditionally being with them. And I don't think most people end up with their twin flames. There's this whole YouTube sphere of twin flame advocates like, oh, you're destined to be with your twin flame and it's hard in the beginning, but then it gets easier and blah, blah, blah. And I subscribed to that for a while and it was just this crazy roller coaster and when I got off I was like that was so ridiculous <laughs> like mm. I get that there was a purpose here but I don't think that purpose was to necessarily be with them forever and ever because the dynamic at least for me and what I notice with my clients and stuff it's just not sustainable mm. and it's usually a reflection of like your inner turmoil. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think that I mean, like, do you think that a twin flame, like, is it a real thing or is it just like a nice way of describing when someone's obsessed with someone who's terrible for them? <laughs> um, I think
1: there's definitely overlap there where that scenario could be like someone's obsessed with like trying to be with their twin flame. But I think that it's a thing. It's a label that we make for that mm-hmm. type of relationship and that type of soul contract. I don't know if like, in the heavens, we are like, okay, you're my twin flame and you're my soulmate. And we're going to go down and do these things together. And here's how we're going to help each other grow or evolve or be together or whatever. I don't really know. But my (laughs) definitions, I mean, nobody knows. We're just all speculating, but my definitions are like soulmate is great. Twin flame feels bad, but it's good for you because it's like medicine that you need, even though it really sucks when you're
0: in it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It's just interesting because what you're describing just it's, it's, it's quite toxic. Like it sounds very toxic. It doesn't sound like something that's healthy, but you said it's not sustainable. I think maybe that's part of where like people run into trouble is where they're like, Oh, it's my twin flame. Like we're meant to be together and like trying to force it to work. And it's like, no bitch, this is terrible for you (laughs) (laughs) You
1: because I, well, people confuse. Yeah. Well, I know you've been there and I know a lot of your clients have been there, which is probably why they hire you to work with you. And it's like, uh, people really confuse. And I know you can attest to this like chemistry and physical attraction, And they make it mean like, I'm supposed to be with this person. Yes. When a lot of times it can mean that that's not your person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying you won't be attracted to your like person. Like you will be like, me and my, let's say me and my current soulmate, which I've been with a few different soulmates. There's not just one, by the way. Mm-hmm. I would say that I'm very attracted to him, but the attraction has like grown over time. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It wasn't like day one, oh my gosh, get in my pants. I have mm-hmm. to be with this person. I'm obsessed with this person. They just gave me that look and now I'm salivating. Like that's more <laughs> like the twin flame dynamic as yeah. far as I'm
0: concerned. Totally. So when I met the person who I would consider my twin flame, I remember it. Mm-hmm so vividly because it's like the Me closest too. thing as like uh-huh. someone being like like a like a lightning rod like it was like a moment of recognition and mm-hmm. it was so interesting cuz i was i was in law school and another friend introduced us my i was like walking with one of my guy friends and we walked past this guy and he introduced us and he had a really weird name and i was just like it was like this moment where i was like
1: I want to know everything
0: about him. Like it felt very out of control before I said a word to him. It was Dude, a very. I know that feeling. Right? I know that feeling. Yeah.
1: <laughs> As you're saying it, I'm just like laughing and also like getting goosebumps remembering like the first day when I met my quote unquote twin, I was at the pool at the apartment where I lived and I was the only person laying out by the pool because it was like a Monday and like everyone's working except me. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> I was living my best life by the pool <laughs> and this like hottie comes like down onto his balcony and his balcony is like by the pool. So I could see him come out and like, clearly he saw me. I'm the only person down at the pool. And I could tell he was like looking to like, check out if he should go to the pool or not. Like he was kind of feeling the weather, like, "Mm, should I change and go down? I don't know. And I was just like, wow, cute neighbor alert. Okay. Noted. (laughs) And he, I remember later he described to me like, yeah, there was just this like pull that I had to go to the pool and like I had to know you Mm. like I saw you there and I wasn't really going to go to the pool I was going to go grocery shopping and I got in the car started to drive to the store and I turned around Mm. because I was like I need to know this woman I'm going to the pool so like we were magnetized to each other and when I saw him on the balcony a part of me was working my manipulative witch magic and I was just like in my mind like "Come Come come to the pool come to the pool. And then eventually he comes to the pool. He sits like one chair over from me. So not like right on top of me, but next to me, like mm-hmm. within talking distance. And I'm friendly. So I started up a conversation. I would like talk to anyone if I was the only person with them at the pool. But obviously I was like, ooh, going to flirt with this Hattie. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we were talking and we talked for hours and yeah. I was so giddy and so excited. And I remember the distinct knowing in my bones when I walked back to my apartment mm-hmm. that day. I was like, this person is extremely important in my life, Mm. which I kind of confused as this is my person. So I became obsessed with him from day one. (laughs) But now knowing that he wasn't meant to be my person forever and ever, like I just had that strong, strong knowing like this is an important connection. And it was because it became the catalyst for this huge self-love journey. And now I teach people
0: self-love and blah, blah, blah. That makes so much sense. It's so funny to hear someone else describing an experience that feels unique. And I know Mm -hmm. that every woman who goes through this, they're like, but you don't understand. And I'm like, no, I do, (laughs) but I do understand. i do like, it's the same. It really is the same. And I think that, you know, what you said about the chemistry is a really important point. And I think also women think that like the intensity of their feelings is like an indication of how much significance the relationship is meant to have. Like, I couldn't feel this intense if this wasn't my person, like my forever right. person. And it's like, no. So describe how, because <laughs> I mean, and I can say how it feels for me, but I want to hear with the man that you're with now, mm-hmm. which you described as a soulmate, like mm-hmm. how does that feel rather than the like, come here now? <laughs> what is that Yeah, feel? yeah, yeah.
1: So this,
0: I can tell the story of how we
1: met. So we met at a yoga class. And it was just like both of us in our natural flow. And after the class, we went like across the street to Whole Foods and got a drink. And we did talk for a few hours and it was super friendly, but it felt more relaxed. Mm. And I could see that he was handsome, but I wasn't like obsessed with him. I was just like. I was just honestly trying to make a friend, see where it goes. You know, I was open. I was curious. I wasn't like, I need this person to like be in my life or be my husband or we're getting married. Like nothing like that. We just had a friendly hangout and it was super nice. Like I think nice is a great word. Like I felt nice. I felt energized. I felt good. Energized. I I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Energized, but not like in the psychotic way. Like Like, in a nice way. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) oh, yeah
1: it was a different vibe and I didn't like I didn't know on the first day when I met him like how important he would be to me I just knew that he like felt really nice and I felt like I could be myself around him and I was just like
0: happy to make a new friend that day honestly and it's interesting that you say that you felt like you could be yourself because it's like that's what it takes for a man to like fall in love like to really fall in love where it's like I'm gonna be with you right right? where it's like you're yourself like otherwise he's like
1: Otherwise, you falling in love with
0: some act
1: that you can't sustain forever. So that's not a great bad That's idea. not great. <laughs> totally. Not a great approach.
0: <laughs> I always think of it like I, you know, so it's like if that felt like lightning with like the uh, with the twin flame, like with my husband, it felt like, oh, like sunshine. I'm home. Like it was like, oh, this is like mm-hmm. the home. Ad. Like it was like home in like the best possible way, and it was a similar. I didn't feel like a friend. I I kind of I thought I was going to be more, but I definitely wasn't like oh this is my husband. And like even as I was like falling in love with him, I was like well I don't love him because it was different. I was used to that like crazy crazy dynamic. It was just like well I'm I don't know. I don't love him. I just like I want to talk to him all the time and like I'm I I miss him and I want to see him and I feel happiest when I'm near him. But like that's not love. Yeah. <laughs> What is this? (laughs) Um, (laughs) This isn't the love that I know. (laughs) So, I want to talk a little bit about your approach to manifestation because obviously, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people talking about manifestation. And I know that you have Mm -hmm. your own take on it, and the self love is a big part. But before we even get to that, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was you know, you say something about like how you don't have to feel good all the time. Like, it's not about like feeling good all the time. So, I'd love to hear you. Speak on that a little bit and like what that looks like and what that means. And like, so can I just feel shitty all the time and manifest?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's nuances to this, but generally speaking, we confuse feeling good with like being happy all the time, right? So when we hear, oh, I need to be high vibe, I need to feel good to manifest good things, I need Mm -hmm. to think positive thoughts to manifest positive outcomes, there's truth to that, but it's incomplete because mastering manifestation is not about faking it till you make it. It's not about like tricking yourself into feeling a certain way. It's really about mastering your resistance. Resistance is what blocks your manifestations from happening, not so much negativity or feeling bad or feeling uncomfortable or whatever vibe you're in. So The problem is when we feel negative or we feel bad, if we resist that, we are causing energetic blockages. Mm. If we can allow it and process it and let it flow through us, one, you'll heal more quickly and come back to a neutral or happy space much faster than if you're resisting feeling bad. And two, you've just let go of your resistance if you can allow yourself to feel however you feel. And now you can manifest anything. It might not be right that second when you're feeling sad that something amazing is going to happen to you. But giving yourself the grace and the space to feel however you feel actually causes you to live a more resistant, free life, which makes it a thousand million times easier for you to
0: manifest whatever you want because you're in a state of allowing. Okay. So good. So let's talk about love for a second because that's what yeah. a lot of these women are very interested in. Yeah. yeah. So I'm manifesting love. And I'm feeling really good. And then like something happens and I'm bummed out. Let's say that like the guy that I thought I manifested that I was getting really excited about, he's like pulling back or he's starting to ghost me. And I'm like, ah, I'm really sad. So <laughs> <laughs> if I still want to manifest, like where do I go from there?
1: Okay. So if I was your coach and you're my client and I was coaching you through this. The first thing we would do is process the sadness and make it okay for you to grieve the possibilities, to grieve whatever you were attached to, to grieve what you liked about him. We would give you the space to do that. Mm-hmm. Then once you're ready to feel better, which you will be ready once you do some of that processing. Yeah, I'm ready that's when Let's do it. That's when we go into the other work, which would be, you know, maybe being grateful for the clarity that that connection gave you getting excited about if I could manifest someone that good, I can manifest someone that good or even better, you know? And that's when you go into the more intention setting, positive thinking work, but not before the processing of what's already there with you. Because the practice of self-love is to unconditionally be with yourself. So can you be with yourself When you're sad, when you're disappointed, when you're bummed, or do you push those emotions away, which is just causing separation, which is going to be reflected to you in your next romantic dynamic? I Mm -hmm. like pretty much guarantee you that how you treat yourself is going to be how your partner will treat you to some degree, right? Because they're going to mirror your relationship with yourself. So I think it's in everyone's best interest to be where they are and then go where they want to go because it works better.
0: Yeah. 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 You can't like, you can't fake it. You can't fake your vibe.
1: And you can't skip like over the parts of the human experience that you don't like just because you don't like them. Mm. You don't have to like it to embrace it and let it happen. Like it's okay to not like it. But you came here to be a human and do the human stuff. And you didn't only come here to be happy and have it be rainbows and butterflies. You came here to sift through contrast, to feel it all, to get disappointed, to learn, to love, to laugh, to grow. Mm. Can't be selective about the human experience. It's all going to happen.
0: That's such a good reminder. I love hearing that. Even now, I love getting that reminder. It's super important.
1: Yeah, because it gives you permission to just be
0: what you are. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say that you were in a relationship with someone that you maybe think was either a soulmate or a twin flame. It's not even mm-hmm. that important. And yeah. then the dynamic ends and things keep coming up around him. Like, you you, you end up in his neighborhood because of something you had to pick up from somewhere. Or, you know, you're out shopping and you see his sister. This happens to people, right? And like, mm-hmm do you think that like, is that pointing towards, okay, this, this is something that's coming back or is that like, I'm just looking for, I'm just looking for reminders. Cause I miss this person.
1: I think it's more of the latter, the looking for reminders. And if you're thinking about that person a lot, like you're going to manifest certain situations that probably have to do with them. But That doesn't mean you have to make it mean anything more than that. Like just because you see their name somewhere or you see your favorite movie sometime or whatever, like that doesn't mean, oh, I'm supposed to get back together with that person. Mm -hmm. And I'm very biased on the topic of getting back together with your ex because I've tried it twice and that shit doesn't work for me. So I'm pretty much convinced that getting back together with your ex 80% of the time is not the wisest thing to do because there's a reason why they're your ex. So unless something changes significantly, I don't think it's wise to get back together with that person. Even though I know a lot of couples who have like a brief breakup right before they get married or whatever, I like a part of me feels very strongly like, don't
0: do it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I think 80% is very generous. I would say like 97.8%, 97.7% of the time. There's like a small percentage of the time where it's like, no, you guys just had to separate briefly. I think 80% is generous. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of <laughs> women jumping for joy in hearing that. Um, so <laughs> let's talk a little bit about self-love. And mm-hmm. so, I, I mean, I kind of want to get your take on it more generally because I think people can confuse it with self-care. Um, yeah. But then also like the role that that does play in terms of manifesting and like calling in something other than what you have.
1: Yeah. So as far as self-love versus self-care, I would say that self-care falls under the umbrella of self-love and it's something that you will naturally do when you love yourself. Mm -hmm. So people who love themselves take good care of their bodies. They try to take good care of their minds, their emotions, um, themselves, the people around them. It's like a, what's it called? A symptom of loving yourself is like taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself. And I think like intentionally taking better care of yourself is a way to access more self-love. So it kind of can work like both ways. But self-love, what I call radical self-love is, well, it's easy to like yourself, like the nice parts, right? Oh, I like that I make all this money. I like that I write these books. I like that I'm pretty. I like that I'm nice to people. I like all these things about me. That's not really self-love. That's easy. Anyone can do that. It's good. It's good to like what you like. But self-love, radical self-love, what I teach people is like, can you love your anxious part? Mm -hmm. Can you love the part of you that's trying to self-sabotage this relationship right now because it's trying Mm -hmm. to protect you? Can you love yourself for not knowing better in that scenario? Can you love yourself enough to say no? Can you love yourself enough to be with yourself when you're sad? Mm -hmm. Can you love yourself enough to do what's best for you? So it's just deeper than like, Pinterest self-love, take a bubble bath. It's yeah. like really deep healing work. And to me, like embracing all of you is pretty synonymous with radical self-love. Yeah. And it's not that easy, but it gets easier with time. And this is why I coach one on one with people because it gets easier with guidance. Yeah. I'm really good at guiding people to their compassion and to their own understanding of themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I liked when you said, you know, can you love yourself when you like, I think when you said like that you didn't know better and I was like, or like when you did know better and like you did. Right. Anyway. <laughs> <That's even more. laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> so like, let's say that. Okay. I like myself. I like the nice parts, but like, there's something that I, I don't like, like what would be like, even my, I'll, I'll use myself as an example and you can okay, tell me yeah, like, what my I'll coach you through is. it. Let's do it. Um, so like in human design, I'm a manifester. Mm-hmm. And so I know that part of it is like having what they call a closed or repelling aura. And I experience so you judge this, yourself, sounds like. What was that? I said it sounds like you judge this about yourself. I do judge it. And also I because I experience that. Like I have people that like love me and think that I'm great and they understand my intentions and they understand my humor. And then I have people that think that I'm like such a bitch or think I'm really boring and I have a hard time with it. So it's like, there's that part where it's like, I know that like sometimes I really put people off or I really trigger people in terms of like my work. I know that my content sometimes really triggers people, but then also the part of me that like cares so much, like the people pleaser in me. So it's like both parts of of myself, like I really, I still struggle
1: with. So tell me if I'm hearing you correctly. So what I'm hearing or what I'm interpreting is, You're kind of annoyed at the way that you are with the specific part of being a manifester because it can cause people to be repelled by you. And at the same time, you're annoyed at the part of you that cares so much about that because maybe you feel like you shouldn't care so much. What other people think? Okay, so this is classic, classic (laughs) strategy of (laughs) (laughs) basically what I'm seeing you do to yourself is you're using your annoyance as a motivation to be different. So you're like, if I get annoyed enough at this part of myself, it will stop being like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like a part of you really believes that that will work, but it won't work. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to work. So we're going to have to change your approach. But there's a part of you that really genuinely feels like if I get annoyed enough at how I am, it will change or I will change.
0: Interesting.
1: It's like the classic inner critic, like, trying to criticize yourself into being different,
0: basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It
1: totally makes sense. So, yeah. So understanding that about yourself, can you access some compassion for the part of you that's trying to change this about yourself? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Notice how you take a deep breath too when you just like, yeah. entertain the possibility of becoming no, it feels compassionate.
0: Much softer, like immediately.
1: Yeah. So if we could just be a little more understanding and compassionate of the part of you that wants to change you because you feel like these traits are detrimental or they're maybe sabotaging your connection with other people, Hmm. I want to actually speak directly to that part of you. So we're going to go into a little bit of parts work, which I love to do in my coaching calls. So I want you to take on the consciousness or like, it's kind of like an acting exercise. So imagine that you are the part of you that is trying to change yourself so that people won't leave. Can we give that part of you like a name or a
0: description? Um, I mean, the description, it's like a little me. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's like a little me. And she's like, she's, she's doing like a come here mode. She's like, come on, come on. Like, don't like, come like, come, like, come do what I'm doing. Like, don't, don't, don't upset the people. Like, like she's like, don't, don't make them mad. Like don't hurt anybody. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Perfect. So I want you to pretend that you're her. So you can even speak in that voice if it helps you to be in character. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to realize that you don't need to protect Crystal anymore because she's supposed to protect you. I want you to just unburden yourself and give yourself permission to be a little kid again. She's going to keep you safe. She's aware of what you need now and you don't have to be the protector. You can just be a little kid. How's that sound?
0: That sounds good.
1: Okay. I release you from playing that aspect in all aspects. You can be
0: all of crystal again. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Cause I mean, I do a similar sort of thing with my clients, but it's always nice receiving, like being coached is so, it's it's so powerful. There's always like, it's so powerful, you know? Yeah.
1: What were you able to realize about that part of you when you like took on her consciousness and some of the
0: answers that she gave? It just came up very quickly. Like it came up very quickly and it's like, I don't want to ruffle feathers. I don't want to upset Mm -hmm. anyone, but I can see how like in my work that sometimes keeps me small. It keeps me, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty expressed, but it's like, Mm -hmm. there's obviously more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And not only that, but like what I want you to hopefully take away from this exercise too is like, okay, now your job moving forward is to just like keep reassuring her that like you're in charge. You can handle it. You're the adult here. Like, give her the space to be a kid again. And you can even write letters to her. Like, breathe into your heart. And, like, speak directly to her. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can connect with her. But now your job is just to have compassion for her and understanding for that part of you. So now, when you get frustrated at yourself, you can be like, "Oh, this is that child part of me that gets nervous." And now you can understand and have compassion, and then you can do whatever you want after that. Yeah. But it's the understanding that leads to the compassion, which leads to the self-love, which leads to you, like, incorporating all parts of you, caretaking all parts of you, thinking yeah. of all parts of you, and, like, giving them what they need and, or at least, like, giving her the safety so you can still go out and, you know, piss some people yeah. off here yeah. and there <laughs> without it threatening her
0: existence, you know? So interesting. So it's like this is really taking me up against like a a visibility edge, you know. Mm -hmm. I think even like allowing myself to be coached like on my own podcast, and it's like saying it to put it out there. Like this is really vulnerable for me, you know. And I think for anyone who deals with like perfectionism or like oh yeah to be seen a certain way, it's like I'm like this is really vulnerable, like, (laughs) but really really good. So when you, how does that then? I mean, I guess it seems pretty obvious, but spell it out because it's like, how does that yeah. then make it easier for you to manifest Like when you're able to tap into Yeah.
1: It? So let's say you were trying to manifest teaching to a million people, mm. right? But right now you're playing small because it's part of you is subconsciously holding you back because it thinks that it's not safe to make people upset. So if you can realize and see that uh, shadow, not that it's like bed, and that's why it's in the shadow, but it just was unknown until right now. Now it's in your conscious mind. When you can bring those things into your awareness, then you don't have to live from them anymore. Mm-hmm. That gives you the space and the awareness to choose differently. And it clears up your energetic blockages because if you can get her on board with what you're doing, she won't be holding you back energetically. Yeah. And then you can play bigger. Yeah. So this is classic, like, internal resistance that you don't even know might be there. And that's why I like to do a lot of parts work. Because if all the parts of you aren't on board with what you're trying to manifest, it's going to be that much slower, that much harder. It's like a tug of war between this part and this part or these parts yeah. and these parts. But if you get all the parts on the one side, it's like, boom, game over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So good. I love hearing the way that you describe it. And I love the personification because I talk about this as yeah. like competing commitments and it's a little bit different, but it's very, it, it's very close. Like the way that I see it yeah. play it a lot. And you know what, I guess it's like, it could be exactly the same because I'm sure someone could voice it, but like sometimes I see women where it's like, they're very committed to like, Having complete independence, but like they really want partnership. So it's the same yeah. sort of thing. It's like, what well, part of you is like holding on to that and is like, I have to have all my freedom? <laughs> you know, it's like,
1: yeah, it's yeah, because that's going to be
0: something that will be helpful to become aware of.
1: So, for example, I'll give a personal example. Since yeah. you got vulnerable, it'd be my turn to be vulnerable. Okay, so, when I was about to manifest my twin, I like, I consciously called in a partnership like two weeks before I met him. Mm. And I thought consciously that I wanted a relationship so badly. But then when I got curious and I did a little deeping, I, uh, dig a little <laughs> deeping. I did a little digging. <laughs> After I did a little digging, I realized that there are parts of me that were not on board with this. So one part of me was like, we really like being single. Like you've barely ever been single in your adulthood. Like this is really cool. Like, let's give it some more time. You know, like why are you trying to rush into things? Right. And then another part of me was like, well, it didn't work out last time. Why would it work out this time? Blah, blah, blah. So there were several parts of me that were like, nah, bitch, we don't want this, (laughs) basically. (laughs) But when I could hear them and like realize that just sometimes just looking at it is enough for it to not be a problem anymore. Yeah. Because after I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. And then like two weeks later, boom, relationship. Yeah. So it's just about working with your energy and it's really like a game of curiosity and awareness and compassion.
0: Yeah. So I notice when I do that, like one of the ones that comes up for me is like the victim. Like mm-hmm. sometimes there's like a, a part of me that like, likes being the victim. Like that was something mm-hmm. when I, before I manifested my husband, it was like, there was a part of me that was like, well, but I can't be the victim if I have like an amazing partner, like I want to be able yep. to just be mad at men and blame men and then when it was like i I noticed it coming up so much that like the victim was often like m- where my resistance was coming from, and then I was like, my victim has all their personalities, you know sometimes the victim is like a an angsty teenager, and sometimes it's like this damsel and like seeing what the like all these different parts and it's like it's so interesting, and it is really important to. It's like I guess you don't have to be a billion, like a hundred percent on board, but like the majority yeah. you have to be on board. If you yeah, kidding. you
1: need to have at least the majority on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and that's that's interesting that you say that that like intention that was holding you back was like maybe even split into different personalities within itself, you know, Mm -hmm. like that manifested in different ways for you. And I'm sure becoming consciously aware of that was really game changing for you. Cause then you didn't Mm -hmm. have to act from that place anymore. Or like if you were my client, I would help you see how that used to help you and how Mm -hmm. it's not helping you anymore. So time to release that pattern, like every, coping mechanism usually has an ex- expiration date.
0: Yeah. But it's important. Like I like that you're pointing out that like it has a benefit because it's like, it's not that it a hundred percent goes away once you're aware of it, but like you are aware right. of it. Like, I notice when I'm like, when I'm sick, the way that my husband treats me, you know, it's like he takes care of me. So it's like, I get, he's so like, I mean, he's always like kind and loving and like supportive, but like he babies me if I'm sick and I'm like, Oh, I need to be taken care of. And you know, it's like, <laughs> it makes it so you like are are moving towards that more. We talked a little bit about like getting back with an ex. I have a, a question sort of yes. along the same well, same lines, but a little bit different. Okay. I'm a specific person. Oh ahead. girl, don't get me started. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting you started. Go, Let's go there.
1: Oh, she's getting me all riled up. So first I'm going to preface this with, I'm extremely passionately frustrated about talking to this topic because I feel like, When I'm speaking it, I'm trying to like save my past selves from doing this. (laughs) Not that I ever like manifested a specific person intentionally, but, you know, go back to the pool example and the whole getting back together with your ex. Getting back together with your ex is the same as manifesting a specific person, right? So the reason why I believe slash know that manifesting a specific person is not very effective is because you're essentially limiting the universe. Yeah, The universe knows. The fastest, best, most direct way to get you what you want, and if you say what I want has to come to me in this six foot three, blue eyed, curly hair engineer package, then that's super limiting for the universe because how many people are there like that? Right. So you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot, making it take longer than it needs to take, and like also, the okay, but Kelsey, you knows don't understand.
0: You. Like, <laughs> there's no one. I'm connected with like him. Like it really, it needs to be him. He doesn't seem that interested, but like it's, it's gotta be him. I don't think you understand how strong this connection is.
1: Okay. So when people say stuff like that to me, I want to reach into the computer and shake them and be (laughs) like, why do you want to be with someone who's not choosing you?
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Why? Why, why, why? why and then when you get to that why you can do some work around that because usually it's like an aversion to being single Mm -hmm. allergic to being uncomfortable not Mm -hmm. wanting to sit in the unknown you know there's deeper stuff there so it's like why does it have to be this person and why does it have to be right now and first of all you have not met every single person in the world you don't know that this is your strongest connection ever you've met like 12 people There's billions of people on this planet. And I promise you, if you could manifest that strong of a connection, period, you can recreate it with somebody who actually wants to be with you slash is ready and willing to be with you. Okay. (laughs) But how can (laughs) I get him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would use this specific person that you're so obsessed with as inspiration And guidelines for the universe. So instead of saying, universe, I need to be with this person or I'm going to die, look (laughs) at what you liked about your connection with this person. Look at what you like about them. Maybe they're funny. Maybe they're smart. Maybe they're um, really passionate about life. Maybe you guys really laugh a lot. Whatever it is, like get specific about those characteristics of the potential connection and like how you want your partner to feel to you. Not so much like hair, height, occupation, but more so like qualities, personality traits, characteristics, just enough so you can be like, oh, yeah, that's the type of person that I want to be with, right? So you can model this dream person after this person that you're obsessed with and also, you know. Just keep in mind that that person that you're obsessed with isn't with you right now. So mm-hmm. either they're not ready or they're not willing or they're not able. So maybe you can add to your list, you know, someone who actually wants to be with me. That would be a good characteristic of someone to be with. So I agree that couldn't have set up better myself. So <laughs> yeah. So those are more of the lists that you want to focus on when manifesting your partner. And then in the meantime, there's two things to do. One is to enjoy the weight and trust that the universe can deliver on these uh, requests. And the second thing is while you're enjoying the weight, you know, take some time to do the healing work and, um release some of the desperation and release some of the past and look at what worked and what didn't in your past relationships and become the person that can sustain the dream relationship that you want you know become a great partner before your partner arrives you can even write letters to your partner before you meet them without knowing who they are like there's many fun healing really elevating things you can use this time for this time of
0: singlehood this time of preparation totally So good. So, so good. Did you manifest, did you deliberately, I should say, did you intentionally or deliberately manifest your current partner?
1: Yeah, girl. (laughs) And it's so funny because I was seeing a coach at the time because I had a lot of healing to do after I was with my twin because that shit fucked me up real good. Yeah. So I had to untangle a lot of that, do some therapy, do some healing work. But also at the same time, I was like, really getting clear about what works for me in relationships and what doesn't and the type of person I want to be with and everything I just said. And it was funny because I remember in one of my sessions with my facilitator, he was like, what are you looking for in a man? Like, give me an example of a quality. And I was like, well, I really want someone who's like physically larger than me because it helps me to feel really safe because I'm a small person. And a woman. And, you know, we never feel safe in the world because that's just how it is. Even if you don't realize you don't feel safe, you probably parts of you don't feel safe. So I was like, oh, I just really love, like, someone who's, like, big and makes me feel, like, protected. And someone who is, like, you know, a grown adult. Not, like, a fake adult, but, like, a child on the inside. <laughs> someone who, you know, <laughs> has got, got things going on for them and stuff. And he was like, okay, so if you ran into this guy today at the bar, like, what would you do? And he's like, honestly, what would you do? And I said, I would run away. (laughs) And he's like, why would you run away? And I said, because I'm still traumatized. Like, there's parts of me that don't believe that love can work. So like asking yourself questions like that or having a facilitator to help, like release those blockages is so helpful because then I did meet him and I didn't run away, luckily, because I had done the work. to make myself less scared yep. and less traumatized and less uh, self-sabotaging. Because self-sabotaging is always like a part of you trying to protect yourself. Usually not in like a very efficient way, but like in the <laughs> only way it knows how. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. It's true, right? We do. We do that so much. I feel like even when I got together with Kobe, I had moments where I was trying to self-sabotage and it was like, all right, stop that. And he was also like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm scared.
1: (laughs) It's nice when you do know because then you can tell your partner, it's not you, it's me. I'm doing this because I have issues. So just bear with me here, okay? It's true. (laughs) That's called conscious relating right there. So the funniest part is that So my boyfriend now, if anyone follows me on Instagram, you will die laughing at the size difference. So I look like a tiny toothpick fairy next to this man. He's 6'7". Oh, wow. 6'7". And he used to play professional football. So I don't think it gets much more large and protective than that. (laughs) And then when I was like with him and I was telling my facilitator about him, he was like, damn, you don't fuck around with your manifesting, girl. I was like, yeah, I don't. I guess not. I just go all the way for the six, seven, large and in charge.
0: Okay. That's (laughs) hilarious. But what's actually important about what you manifested in him? Because I know that now that you're with him. Yeah, that's just like a funny
1: coincidence. Well, not coincidence because nothing's coincidence, I don't think. But yeah, the important things that I manifested in this partnership are safety, connection, unconditional love and support. Like we have so much fun together. We're very compatible. This is the most compatible relationship I've ever been in, meaning we want a lot of the same things and we value a lot of the same things in life. We're looking for a similar flavor of experience to life. And like I was with a soulmate before, but we ended up growing apart because it just wasn't compatible. Like- Mm. He wasn't, like, really spiritual, so he thought I was weird witch lady, and that, like, made him scared. And then he wanted to live in, like, a gloomy place. And I was like, no, I don't want to live there. And, you know, we just, like, it just didn't work out. But there was still, like, that homey, nice feeling to it, but it didn't work in the long term. And so I really made it a point to the universe, like, I'm ready for something compatible. Like, I've never had that. I would love to be with someone who really is going the same direction as me long term. Yeah. You know, so just like all the past relationship quote unquote failures really gave me a clear roadmap of what works for me and what I need and want as far as like a romantic partnership. And so I just got really clear about all that. And then I did as much healing work as I could to, you know, lessen the self-sabotage stuff and to help myself prepare for the relationship because even when I first got with him, it was really hard after having had such a traumatic experience. I had to walk him through the process and be like, look, if I'm acting like this, it's because I'm still traumatized. If I'm acting like this, it's because I might be comparing you to him to make sure that I'm safe. Like if I'm doing this, like just no, it's not you. <laughs> and I had to walk him through a lot of stuff because it was hard in the beginning for me to really open up and trust that this time was going to be different and that he was different and, you know. It's not all rainbows and butterflies,
0: but yeah, it's real stuff, but it's like, it sounds to me like what you're saying is like the relationship you have, like the dynamic between the two of you is easy. It's like dealing with the other shit. That's hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like dealing with life stuff is always going to be a challenge here and there, but the way that we communicate and support each other and get through things together is really like something I've never experienced. And Just the way that he can love me no matter how I'm feeling, I believe it is a direct reflection of the radical self-love I've been practicing the last couple of years. Because I used to be allergic to my anxiety and not allow myself to feel sad. And now if I feel sad or anxious, Jeff will just be like, it's okay to feel sad. He'll just rub my back. He'll be like, it's going to be fine. Like, don't worry. And like, that's the self-soothing that I was practicing with myself before I met him. In contrast to the relationship before when I didn't have a good relationship with myself, my partner would be like, why are you feeling like that? You shouldn't Mm. be feeling like that. Everything's Mm. fine. Get over it. Like, you know how many partners I had like that before I met this one? Wow. A lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Too many. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's certainly enough people who wouldn't fully understand or who couldn't appreciate you where you are, but
1: Yeah, I just can't hold space. That's like the worst for me because I'm a sensitive creature. I got cancer all up and down my astrological charts. So, you know, I'd be in them watery water (laughs)
0: zones. (laughs) 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 Well, Kelsey, this was super fun. Tell the people, first of all, tell them about your podcast and tell them how else they can find you, connect with you, learn more about you. Yeah. So my podcast
1: is called High Vibe in It. Myself and my friend Lindsay Robinson, who's a hypnotherapist, we co host it. And if you're into personal development, manifesting your dreams, loving the crap out of yourself, you will absolutely adore our show. Okay. So you can start a second. mm Because
0: I do have to say, Lindsay has been on the Rise and Love podcast. So now you've both been on here. So I will link her episode in the show notes also because she had a great episode. Yes. Talking about that subconscious mind and love and all the good things. So please continue. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So hi, Um If you want to hear more from me and also Lindsay. And then if you want to connect with me, the best ways to work with me are, I think the deepest way is to go into a one-on-one container that we can help heal some stuff, get you unstuck, stop the self-sabotage, practice radical self-love. I'll teach you like what unconditional compassion and presence looks like and how to support yourself through anything. Because when you can do that, you become totally unfuckwithable and you can consciously go for what you actually want every single time. So that's one way to connect with me. Also, my radical self-love retreats for women are so amazing. And a lot of women who have been in toxic relationships or like playing out patterns come because they're like, okay, I know it's not just them. There's something here. I would love to learn to love myself more. Help me in paradise. So that's an option. And then if you guys just want to connect with me on social, I'm at Kelsey Aida, A-I-D-A, just everywhere. So I made a TikTok. That's really fun. I spit a lot of gold on the Instagram stories. And yeah, KelseyAida.com is where you can find everything else.
0: Kelsey, you're amazing. I'm super, super happy that we did this. I know that people are going to love this episode. I think this, I mean, this was, it was super fun for me and obviously my little coaching session. So you're brilliant <laughs> and awesome. And I really appreciate your time and thanks for coming on here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. I hope everyone loved it. And if you guys did love it, reach out to me on Instagram and be like, I heard you on Crystal's podcast. It was so great. I love this part. I love when people do that.
0: Totally. Yeah, Definitely. You can reach out to me too. Actually, what would be ideal is if when you're listening to the episode, you took a little screenshot and tag me and Kelsey. She's at Kelsey Aida, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm at Crystal Iram. And tag us. We'd love to see it. We'll share it. It'll be super fun. Um, Kelsey, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.